I want to help people who are in this situation, but you can't help anybody who's not ready to help themselves. Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today I bring on Sarah Davis, and this was one of the most enjoyable episodes that I've ever recorded, more so because of the amount that we both laughed. Now, obviously conscious that I didn't just want a whole episode of me and Sarah laughing back and forth. I have made a few edits, but the whole episode will be available on YouTube if you do want to see ourselves giggling along this episode, which really took quite a few different courses. But more importantly, Sarah's message outside of this and the work that she does is very similar as well. Sarah has her own podcast, a podcast that helps people share their stories, gives them a platform to share their pain, their adversity, to hopefully inspire other people. And that's what Find Your Voice is about. That's why I set this podcast up, to give people a platform, to give people a voice, to be an advocate for people without a voice. So it's a very, very exciting episode to drop. It was really, really fun recording it. So without further ado, I'm going to jump straight into this episode. And I want to once again thank every single one of you who take time out of your day, who spend a few moments with us listening to these episodes. Thank you so much. Okay, I would like to welcome Sarah Davis to today's episode of Find Your Voice. Sarah, how are we doing today? I'm good, thank you. So it's great to have you finally on the show. It's the second time now we're trying. Very excited actually to share your story with the listeners because you've given me a bit about yourself, a little bit about what brought you here basically to today. Let me try and get my words out. Um, having one of those absolutely so actually let, let's let's pass the words over to you and let you throw the listeners in with a little bit about yourself and what brings you here today on find your voice um so about i don't know 10 years ago 11 years ago now when i was 19 from 19 to 22 i was in an abusive relationship so I am here on Find Your Voice because I really think that it's important for people to have awareness in this type of in this type of area, you know. And I think that uh, domestic violence is a very hush hush situation. So for the past eleven years, I've really been working on myself and self awareness, and I finally gotten to a point to where I can take that situation that I was in and really bring a platform to it. You know, I have the podcast now myself and I have, um, different people who are coming to me. I'm starting to put support groups together. Um, actually I should call them grief groups, but yeah, I just think that it's important to bring this sort of situation to light. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is the power of sharing our stories. So one of the things I try and encourage as many people as possible on find your voice is to share your story your story is not mundane you don't need to have the worst kind of adversity it could just literally be anxiety in the form of i struggle to get out of bed i mean for everyone especially the first time anxiety hits us it's it's horrible it's traumatic it's really something that we struggle with but we always think that 
it's mundane to talk about that or nobody else is going through it and it's exclusive to us. Now your thing, obviously the the abusive relationship thing, having a platform i.e. your podcast and now sharing that, I'm sure there's so many people, I'm talking both sexes as well, that probably experience yeah. that stuff. So could we just maybe dive a little bit into that? So what is that podcast for anyone that's listening that may want to reach out and listen to that? So I created the platform because I myself, like I said, I it was about 10 or 11 years ago when I did, was in this situation. And I actually didn't come out about it until a year ago. So nobody really knew. And I always felt like I had to sort of figure the things out by myself. Um, so I created the podcast, Broken Chains Radio, because I wanted to give people a platform to share their stories. And like you have said so many times in your show, Find Your Voice, sharing stories is what really resonates with people, Absolutely. you know, and and having a commonality in the struggles. But I really wanted to provide that platform where people can share their stories. People can um, get inspired, get courage and reach out if they feel the need to. And even if it's um, one person that I'm reaching, that's enough for me because I think that it's, it's about taking the small steps to gain the bigger goals. And I hopefully am going to provide that for people. So absolutely. So it's called Broken Chains Radio for anyone that's interested. Obviously, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, one, one thing that you touched on there, which is really important, and it's something that I was I was actually writing a blog about it, is that the importance of opening up and sharing your story. What you actually do is firstly, it's quite empowering and it's nice to get it off your head whatever you're going through. But secondly, it opens you up for support as well. So what you're going to actually find is when I started Find Your Voice and I had these incredible guests come on my show and they shared stories of being in jail, uh, drug addiction, cancer, and all these mad, mad adversity stories. Yet mine was just at that point anxiety. And I never mm -hmm. really mentioned much about myself. The amount of people that reached out to me and started following just from anxiety. And I thought, again, yep. really? Like, I've got this incredible story here. And they're like, no, but we get the anxiety thing. And most of my listeners reach out to me because of that. So what I want to ask you then, being more specific in terms of the stuff that you've been through, how did you get out of it? Now, I know you said you've only just started opening and finding your voice in the last mm -hmm. year. But what kind of tips or tricks or would you recommend to somebody maybe going through an abusive relationship now that could help them overcome it? don't deny support. I guess you could say my big thing was, so I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. Um, and I, I believe that God puts certain people in your life at certain points at certain turning points. Right. So for me, my best friend who has knows more about me, who has saw me at the worst of my worst, who helped me realize that um, the situation that I was in was unhealthy. I allowed that into my life and I didn't cut him off because a lot of times when you're going through this type of situation, right, you can feel so alone mm -hmm. and so by yourself because you have pushed everybody else away. You have pushed everybody else out of your life. And it might not have been a, a like an awareness choice. It's yeah. just something that kind of happens. You isolate yourself, right? So you have to allow people and be open to people coming in and helping you and taking feedback. Feedback is so important. It's not an attack. I mean, I think that some people think that feedback can be an attack on their character, an attack on what they've been through. And it's not. Mm -hmm. If you are open to feedback and you're open to people coming into your life and helping you and guiding you, that will really change. And that will really 
pivot your, your, the way that you see certain things, but you have to be open to it. You know, I, I think that I want to help people who are in this situation, but you can't help anybody who's not ready to help themselves. So my platform is really geared towards the people who are in this situation, but recognize that they're ready to get out of it or the people who are already out of it. And they're like, okay, I'm going to get some wisdom yeah. from people who have been in this situation, right? Mm. And be open to that. Absolutely. I love that. Um, great point at the end. You need to be able to want to come out of it yourself. And that needs to be your, your desire. I mean, we can say all the most amazing things on this episode or through books or podcasts, but you have to want it yourself. So just to recap that then. So the first point is don't deny support. And I know how easy it is. I've heard stories. I've had guests on this show who have done the exact opposite to that. They've tried to push everyone away. And whether that was their own conscious thoughts or whether it was actually the abuser making that happen. And the second one is obviously feedback is not an attack. I think that's a brilliant point as well, because so often as human beings, I know myself, if you asked me when I was 25, a long time ago, um, what's feedback like? I, I would hate it. I don't want to be criticized. Yeah. I don't want somebody telling me yeah. you know, I'm doing it wrong. So <laughs> we have to kind of drop that ego, especially if we want to move forward mm -hmm. in our lives and really heal as well. So you podcast now, you're helping people having come from a place of adversity to not go through the same things as yourself or obviously come out the other side. I also know you're an entrepreneur as well. So I was reading your tagline and the thing I liked about it was you're an aspiring entrepreneur on a journey towards success in the way that you view it. Yes. And I love that because the tagline to this is find your voice and write your own story. And that's one thing I always mm -hmm. encourage people is we go through life and whether it's your teachers, whether it's your parents, your spouses or your siblings, they'll tell you what they think you should do. And so often that has a massive effect on us growing up. For the first 25 years of my life, I was ticking mm -hmm. off stuff just to make my parents happy. And it's only now I'm doing the things that make me happy. I could easily have stayed in London in a corporate job and in whatever books, but instead I choose to sit in my office here on a podcast speaking to people for, for literally like mm -hmm. a living. And I absolutely love it because that's, that's what fills my heart. That gives people hope when people hear these stories. So what do you do like on a daily basis? What's your entrepreneurial side to you? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. So on my path to entrepreneurial lifestyle, right? I've done so many different things. And I think that this is important for people to understand too. When you're really finding your voice and finding your passion, you cannot limit yourself and think that, okay, I just have to do this and it's just going to come to me one day. Like, no, I've tried, I've had so many different jobs. I've had so like the past 10 years in my twenties, I just like went from like boop, corporate <laughs> I like did all the things, real estate. I know you do real estate. Yep. I did all of the things in order for me to find that one thing that I really, it really lights a fire inside of me. Right. So I think that a part of being able to find that is putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Right. So about a year ago in 2018, when I came up with the idea for the podcast and coming out about domestic abuse and all of the things. I went to a um, what, a conference, I guess you could call it, called Life on Fire. I think that you know who Ty Lopez is. So I was doing a course through Ty Lopez, and the gentleman's name in the course is Nick Unsworth, and he actually hosts a um, 
a conference in Carlsbad, California. So I went there and when I was there, I started listening to, you know, the speakers, I started watching them and like the way that they had this passion about their own story and the way that they moved across the stage and the way that they just presented themselves. And then I was watching, you know, the people in the audience, I'm a very aware person. So I was watching the people in the audience and the way that they were reacting and all of the things. And then I was like, fuck, I want to do that. (laughs) Like, I want to do that. I want to have, I want to be able to bring out that light in somebody's eye. So for myself, I went from there to coming up with the podcast. I had gotten a coach. I, um, have done public speaking events. I know that you've stated that you've done Toastmasters. I joined Toastmasters. I'm going to start doing an improv class because I really want to do public speaking. And then um, on that note too, I really want to write a book. You know, I think that a part of the story that I have, I think it's very important and crucial for people to have a book to really reference and really go to and identify with. So Along with that and all of the dreams and the visions, I am doing, I'm selling things online too. That's fantastic. You know, I watch I watch Gary Vee and he's like, oh, go to TJ Maxx. I'm like, I'm there, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's Absolutely. get it done. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. So, yeah. I love that. And the beginning of that. So when you said something, I was like, oh my God, this is my life in a nutshell, where you said you do so many different things. And mm-hmm. when I look back at my CV, I mean, it's so random, some of the stuff I've done. And for somebody on the outside, they probably look at me and think, this guy is just lost. But I genuinely was, when I connect the dots back now, finding my way. I was finding my voice in terms of what I wanted to do. So I went from corporate into boxing. Boxing was always like a little dream that I wanted to do. Then I went to personal training. So health and fitness is literally like half of my, as you can see on on this side over here, like how, and then I've got, I've got the business side on this side. So everything was kind of coming to where I am today. But in terms of finding my voice, like the Toastmasters had a significant impact. Having children that come from the care system as my siblings, that helped me always want to be of service and then be an advocate for people that don't have a voice. So for anyone who may be going through that and maybe resonates with that story where we're doing so many different things from construction to whatever it is, don't beat yourself up about it. You do not need to necessarily know your purpose just because your neighbor or your parents know your purpose. Even It might even take you to the age of 70 or 80, but providing you keep trying and you put yourself in uncomfortable positions like you've done to know, Mm -hmm. to move yourself forward. I think that's really, really an important lesson. Yeah. And who knows what the, what their purpose is at 20, like, come on, get real. (laughs) Nobody knows what their purpose is at 20 years old. I'm sorry, but I mean, you have, I should take that back retraction of words. There are people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and all of the things who are like a unicorn and knew what they wanted to do at a certain age, but nobody really, an average person doesn't know what it is that they want to do. So you cannot be scared to try all of the things. I think that society puts this weird aspect on if you go from here to here to here to here, but we're in an era where you're allowed to do that. You can do that. And you should. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's just a schooling system as well. So here you're you're almost told, okay, you're gonna choose these subjects here because you're gonna become a doctor or a dentist or whatever it is, and that's it. You might not even know what the job entails. It might not align to your values, your moral compass, and you're just doing it one probably because of the pay or two subject to your grades. And I just think it's a very very dangerous place. And I was very fortunate to have come by the academic route. So. I had that choice. I had the choice of choosing where I wanted to go. I've done degrees. I've done masters. But then I was like, 
I don't give a shit about any of that. I just want to do me. I want to do the things that make me happy. It's not making tons of money. It's making tons of impact. And I'll take that and I'll sleep better at night. So that's what I encourage people as well. I mean, I'm not telling every single person to be a podcaster, for example, or you got to go out there and be of service. I'm saying just do what's in your heart. We're figuring it out along the way. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not knowing what to do. Right. And I think that because you had brought up school systems too, I think that hopefully we're and this might be a little bit off track, but I, I think that hopefully with our society, the way that it's evolving, you brought up ath- athletes and stuff like that. When you look at certain athletes, they were in situations where they were able to hone in on that skill as a younger person, right? So with our school systems today, I don't think they really, they do not cater to finding your skill. You know, they cater to here's history, here's this, here's that, and all that. And you can learn from history. I totally understand. But that's not helping society um, have these Renaissance people, which is what we're going to start needing with the way that technology is going. Right. So if you have, and I'm, and I'm saying this for pure, like I have nieces and nephew nephews, and like, I am a stickler on my niece is very good at building things. She has a mind where she like puts Legos together and that's what gets her going. She likes being outside. She likes doing these things. So I'm a stickler on having that a part of her process, a part of her growing, because that's where she's going to get her skills and her passion from as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And going back to the school system, we're going to end up talking about the school system, by the way, for the next <laughs> next hour or so. <laughs> but, but final point on the school system is one thing I recognize was you could be doing uh, geography and history, for example. And if you're very good at history, all of a sudden you'll be pushed towards the history route. So sometimes how you react in terms of exams or just through an academic year will almost instantly push you away. There's no telling that actually you might be the best person at geography if you just look at it or you just had a different method of teaching as well. So sometimes there's a lot of gifts and stuff that we miss out. So science was something I struggled on massively until I associated it with health. So when I got it right with the health stuff, I'm fascinated by science. I'm continuously learning about science. Whereas at school, you teach me about the human body or plants and stuff. I don't want to know anything about it because I had no interest to it. So it's very difficult as kids. And I'm not here to just put down the school system, but I just think there's so much more in the world. And as we are moving forward, we just need to be conscious of that with obviously the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No more school talk now. Right. Let's, let's crack no on. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I always ask my guests is about routine. And the reason I ask a question about routine is because I believe we are creatures of habit. And sometimes when we get certain levels of success or whether we change our mindset or we just develop as people, it's normally down to certain things that we do on a daily basis Now, I ask everyone this question because I want listeners to not have to literally copy everything that Sarah does, for example, or everything that Aaron does, but to maybe think, actually, that's really interesting. Maybe I'll take that. Or Sarah said this, Aaron said this, Tom said this, maybe I should just try that. So diving into a little bit about you and your daily life, what kind of things do you do for like a daily routine? Uh, Well, I always have some form of exercise and meditation. Now, I wasn't always like this. And actually, my routine around fitness has uh, evolved. I really think that sometimes we need to understand that what we what we should be doing should also be catering to where we are in our life, right? So 
about a year ago, I was really big into boxing. I love boxing. I was really big into lifting heavy weights because my personal trainer was a, a strongman competitor, right? So he really put that into me. So I was always pushing my muscles and my body to the max. And then six months ago, I was brought down to my most humble beginnings, right? So I was like pretty much stripped of all of the things. And I just did yoga because that's what my my time and my body called for, yoga and meditation. So that's where I am now. I'm in a really reflective state. Mm. So that is something that I do currently. So yoga and meditation, I'm constantly journaling. I have a, and I don't have it in front of me, um, but it's called the five-minute journal. I have that. And it's all about gratitude. From there, I just plan out my day. You know, I don't, I'm not, a stickler on my morning routine because I was someone who had a power hour and it served me at that time. But right now it's not serving me. Mm. I'm doing the things that are serving me. Absolutely. So you're living intentionally yeah. basically uh, in terms yeah. of where you are in your life. And I think that's a really, really important point as well. So especially with the exercise, so I can relate to that personal training. I've been doing that for about eight years, just as a, as a sideline venture that I just really enjoy. And one thing I noticed as well with exercise, this might go off topic just ever so slightly, but there's certain types of exercises that have a certain level of effect on us. For example, when you lift heavy weights, you have a feeling of, I feel powerful, I feel strong. Whereas when you have a feet, when you start doing yoga, and I've done a bit of yoga and Pilates and stuff, it's more of a, a mindfulness kind of phase as well. So I do that as well. I go in and out of different phases. I've done powerlifting to bodybuilding to just cardio, just complete audiobook on, and I'm just in my own zone. So there's no right or wrong for everyone, but I think just doing some level of exercise on a daily basis, obviously for like the endorphins and all the great yeah, things. Yeah, it's, it's very good for you. Absolutely. 100% recommend that. I think the five minute journaling, I've just made a note here. I think that's really interesting. So I've just started journaling myself in the last week. Um, I went I went to a spiritualist. So I'm very high on like the spiritual stuff. I'm fascinated by mm -hmm. it. Um, this is going to be yeah. the most random episode, by the way, from schooling to spiritualist. But <laughs> I'm, You're welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm going to carry on anyway. And one thing she said about me, so um, she recognized that I have a lot of nervous energy with like my anxiety and stuff. And she was like, how are you coping? Because I have like a thousand ideas in my head on a daily basis and I'm always thinking of stuff, but I never write it down. And she's recommended me to have like a brain book. So every night now I just get everything from here down onto, onto paper. And there's a hell of a lot of stuff that goes on in here. And, yeah. I, and I write that. And then in the morning I kind of do it again, but I don't necessarily have a structure for it. The days I do it, I feel better, but I don't do it all the time. So I'm not sitting there saying I'm perfect, but it massively, massively helps my mind space. And mm -hmm. in terms of when problems hit me in the day, it's not that problem getting added to a cluster of shit up in here. It's right. it's actually right. clear here. So it really helps me. So this five minute journaling, if I just expand ever so slightly on that, is that like a, a book that you just buy from Amazon or is it something that you've invented yourself? It's no, it's literally, I feel like I should have it in front of me, but I don't. Um, it's, you can buy it off of Amazon. It's okay. literally called the five minute journal. It has a quote for the day and then they have weekly challenges. And then you just write down um, what you're grateful for. You write down your daily affirmation and three things that you would make the day great pretty much. And to expand on your um, journaling at night, if anybody on here, because this is going to be a random episode. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody on here has trouble sleeping at night because of all of the things that are happening yes. inside of their brain, journaling at night takes those, those healthy points 
and you get them down. But then if you also do like 10 minutes of meditation afterwards, you're going to sleep like a fucking baby, mm, like mm, for real. Mm. And it, and it actually, cause I was listening, I'm not sure what his name was. I was listening to one of the episodes where he talked about, you have to be in a certain type of state to be able to do affirmations. So if you're writing these things down and you're meditating afterwards and you're sort of doing like an overall affirmation meditation before you go to sleep, it's going to help tremendously. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was uh, Nick Davis on um, the last episode on Monday about the suggestive state. <laughs> yeah. um, and it makes a lot of sense. So I've done gratitude journals for like years and most of the time it just becomes a habit i just write the same stuff as yesterday just to kind of say i've done it like a tip box yeah. exercise and, and it doesn't work <laughs> like nothing happens whereas now i'll sit there and i'm like okay i really need to have a think about the day like what actually am i really grateful for i'm grateful that yesterday for example we thought the boiler was on the on the blink um it wasn't turning on and i got my diy skills which are very limited by the way i.e google and i was on google and i was playing around and and it come back on and i was like thank god it's not freezing so little things like that it made me feel grateful for having heating in the house. Whereas if I just wrote it, it wouldn't necessarily mean the same thing. So yeah, I think that's a great, great point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm going to try and jump back into our episode now. Um, so we're going to jump on your story, Sarah. And obviously adversity is some of your story. It's not all of your story. It's a part. It's a chapter of your, of your book, shall we say. In your moments of adversity, when you were going through the abusive relationships, I don't want to dive too much into that, but what I want to do is extract maybe the lessons that you learned from that, whether that's about yourself or what you think, if you knew now going back into that space would have helped you. Uh, so my mantra is it's pretty much the day that you let somebody else decide your own self-worth is the day that you settle. And I go on that all the time. I think that understanding that other people's perception of you is just other people's perception of you. And that's just what it is. But when you hold too tight to that, it can really damage the way that you look in the mirror. So self-perception one, self-awareness is absolutely key along with, um, you know, being able to come out of tough situations and make them something that is going to benefit you you have to be self-aware and you have to be self-aware in the way that you hold yourself, the way that you speak to yourself, the way that you uh, speak to other people, you know? And, and I just think that that's, you know, I'm losing track of my thought. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. You remind me of myself. I sometimes start talking and I'm like, what was I talking about? Or what was the question? So, <laughs> so don't worry. Right. Why did I even talk about that? Bless you. No, no, it's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, so Sarah, then, in this precise time then, having been through what you've been through and with all your experience and having been through adversity, what's your biggest fear? Oh, my biggest fear? Oh, shit. I don't know. Probably settling. Feeling like I'm settling for something that I know is not serving me. I, I, I have like a huge thing and I take, and it's actually something that is not, you know, healthy for certain relationships that I have because I'm constantly like, am I settling in this? Am I doing this because it's easy? Am I doing this because it's um, something that I feel like is serving me right now, but in the long run, it's not going to. So settling is a big thing for me. And I think that that stems from being in an abusive relationship, you know, because I was settling in that. So it's kind of carried over. And that's something that I still have to work on within myself. But that's, again, that's where self-awareness comes in. Like not all of us are, nobody ever has everything all figured out. Absolutely. Nobody ever has Absolutely. all of the things going on, right? So 
being self-aware of the things that are not necessarily right or serving you at that point in time, you have to understand that. But you have to be patient with yourself too. Patience is key. Absolutely. Yeah. We're in such a, we're in a society where, you know, everything is right now. Everything is just, you know, you go online and you have all the information. So we feel like as we're growing as a person and as we're coming out of these struggles, that's the way that we should react to it too. But in reality, it takes us a long time to evolve and change. And we have to be patient with ourselves in doing so. And the same thing in business. If you're here and you're a business-minded person, you know, business success does not happen overnight. And we have such this, you know, thing where all we see is the end result. We don't see the middle. The middle is like the juice, you know, like I said, 10 years ago, I was in this situation. 10 years, I only what came out about it a year ago, you know, and here I am, but all that time in between, it was self-growth and self-awareness and, and taking, uh, action behind what I was doing and the things that I was reacting to. I love that answer. So there's a couple of points I just want to point out there. So I always find ignorance being a bliss. So the more self-aware and the more personal development we do, you almost realize how little you know and how far you still have to grow. So sometimes I sit there and I think, oh my God, as a 25-year-old, when I was working in corporate and I wasn't doing any personal development, I didn't even know what a book was. I never read anything. I thought Mm -hmm. I had my life pretty figured out. And I thought, this is fine. You know, earning money. I was buying clothes, buying cars, doing whatever I wanted to do. Then I started getting on this path. And you go through a bit where initially you're learning stuff and you're thinking, oh, that's interesting. Then you go on a steeper curve. And then when you get to about here, what happens is you're thinking, bloody hell, I actually don't know nothing at all even though you've probably grown three four five (laughs) different years and that's always very interesting but you said a lot of good points there in terms of it's the bit in between it's that growth bit that's the most most important thing and online we're seeing the end result we're seeing the glory not the story effectively and that's something that i always try and tell people that don't just listen or accept what's on instagram because some days you're not even seeing the end result you're seeing a fake result you're seeing a lot of perception you're seeing people claim to be doing x y and z and what happens is comparison is already a bad thing in life you compare yourself Mm -hmm. with somebody doing well but imagine comparing yourself with someone who actually isn't doing well but have fabricated the results to look even better you're putting yourself in a very difficult position especially if they're promising that you can become an overnight success or financially free within 12 months and selling you all these dreams to make sure that they line their pockets as well so it's a scary place so it takes time it takes everything that you've just said perseverance growth i think you coming out now with your story and your podcast you give so much more value than somebody who just literally sits there, reads about it, and then regurgitates the information, which I see a hell of mm-hmm. a lot of as well. And that's one of the reasons I'm finding your voice. I will only talk about my adversity, and then I need people like yourself to share yours. So if there is anyone going through this, there's no point speaking to me. It's better to speak to someone like yourself, because obviously you can help them. So Yeah, of course. I think something that you know will help too, and I had to learn this with the whole comparison thing and growing, is you have to be super selective on who you watch and who you follow. Like this is it. I don't think that people understand because the amount of information that we take in is so great. You have to be very aware and selective on who you're taking that information from. So if you're on Instagram, like, and I don't know how people are going to take this, but I literally follow, I think like a hundred people maybe 75 people. And these are people that I follow for specific reasons because I get certain things from them that help me, you know, think about where I'm at, but also help me motivate myself at the same time. 
So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, how am I supposed to know? I will tell you, Gary V is one <laughs> is like, where number one, start there. And then you will grow out from there because he, you have to find people who squash the bullshit that you have within yourself and huge on self-awareness. I think that it is something that helps us get out of tough situations and out of, you know, difficult struggles. And I think that certain people help us do that. And I think Gary Vee is definitely one of them. If you're looking for someone to follow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love Gary's stuff. It's literally no bullshit, basically no BS. So we're going to segue then, Sarah, into what I call the fun part of the show. And this is the part for <laughs> 60 to 90 seconds where I'm going to ask you the most random questions. Okay, we're going to go in three, two, one. Okay, Sarah, what is your favorite hobby? Uh, writing. Your biggest mistake last year? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, not building foundations. Your proudest achievement? Starting my podcast. Your favorite motivational speaker? T.D. Jakes and, Ta- and Michael Todd. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Researching. The best lesson anyone has ever taught you? Mm, never subtle. If you could get the listeners to practice one thing to benefit their mindset or their life moving forward after today, what would it be? Daily self-awareness. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? <laughs> Self-judgment. <laughs> Your favorite book? Uh, Eat, Pray, Love. Your favorite color? Purple. Like a dark purple, like almost like a black. Sorry, I had to specify that. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Specific. It's in my head now, so I've got it. Fantastic. If you could sit with one person, dead or alive, for an hour, who would it be? Audrey Hepburn. The number one thing that annoys you? Okay, not listening. Lack of listening skills and lack of communication. There we go. Your favorite food? Uh, pasta and wine. <laughs> <laughs> nice combination. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite place in the world? Ireland. And finally, what song best describes your life? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have no idea. What the hell? <laughs> no worries. Song that best describes my life. Holy shit. Uh, it'd have to be like some sort of orchestra song. I don't know. I really like orchestra music, which is so random. But something like that, I can't think of a specific song, to be honest. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So <laughs> we have finished the fun part of the show. And now as we head towards the end of the show, I've got two more questions, if I may, Sarah. So the first one is about reflection. And hindsight's a wonderful thing. Obviously, it teaches us ways to get to where we are quicker, easier, and with less heartache. But the journey teaches us so, so much as well. So knowing everything that you know now, with all of your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience that you've been through in your life, if you could go back to a younger Sarah and just whisper something in her ears about her future, what would you say? Just one thing? Or can I do two? You can do two. Uh, you are enough. You are worth it. Well, there's it's going to be three. You're enough. <laughs> you're worth it. And keep the simple things simple. And the final question then, which is about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book, and this book is about you. It's about your life. It's about the amazing, wonderful things that you've done and achieved. Firstly, what would the title be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? Mm, the title would be Tales of Broken Chains, which is actually my hashtag on IG, if anyone cares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the summary on the background would be a woman who gave a platform for other people to share their stories and in turn 
share her story in unapologetic way. That's all it would say. So before I give you a chance to obviously let the listeners know how they can find you, how they can stalk you, maybe hopefully you'll follow them back um, and let them into your life as well. Now you're very selective on the people that you choose to follow. <laughs> is there any questions or is there anything else you want to leave the audience with or you had wished I had asked you? Um, no, I think this is it is what it's meant to be. So mm -hmm. it's good. No more questions. Fantastic. Okay. And what is the best place people can connect with you? Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram at Broken Chains Radio, or you can try my personal page, but I'm super selective on that. But at Aspiring Sarah D, that has more like my everyday life. Broken Chains Radio is the podcast itself. But yeah, that's how you can stalk me. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'll certainly urge everyone who is listening who's maybe been through either an abusive relationship or just who wants to follow somebody who's authentic in sharing her message, somebody else who's given a platform for people as well, because that's kind of what Find Your Voice does as well. But this isn't the only podcast out there. Sarah's messages may resonate more with you. So if that is the case, please do go over and check out Broken Chains Radio. I'll put all of those links in the show notes. I want to thank you, Sarah for your time today i want to thank you for doing your hair thank as you. well i did notice <laughs> <laughs> so, so you look bad yesterday so. i was like damn it i did my makeup <laughs> absolutely that's <laughs> funny yeah. so thank you thank you for doing that and um for everyone else at home thank you for listening thank you for having me that was fun and remember this podcast is absolutely free so all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on itunes have an awesome day.